The world as you know it has ended. The worlds as you don't know them yet, they're waiting with open arms. This is Durgans and Darkens. Welcome to Durgans and Darkens. We are a D&D real play podcast for the whole family. As long as your whole family is into intense, bloody adventures. We take Dungeons and Dragons seriously, but we're not about to teach your six-year-old any unfortunate vocabulary words. So before we jump in, I'd like to give a brief synopsis of where the campaign has gone so far. Your universe was removed from existence. You escaped into a place called The Junction, which is connected to many universes. Yours was just one of them, and now it's gone. You have now entered your new universe in the employment of your new boss, Professor Absentine. Professor Absentine has hired you to be kind of gophers, maybe kind of bounty hunters. You are to retrieve things from different universes and different parts of the junction and bring them back to him. He sent you to Salvagian Moss, the junk universe, in order to retrieve three copper gears, two onyx bricks, and I think it was a half pound, maybe a pound I think it was of a edible pound. funguses. Yeah, I'm fairly it was a half pound of edible fungus. That sounds right. A half pound of edible fungus. You haven't found any of them yet, but after passing through uh, outgoing customs, you got into Salvagian Moss, crossed a disgusting trash river, went through uh, a few obstacles on your way, and have just now crossed a trash pond onto a mossy island and are confronted by a shambling mound. Everybody, don't roll initiative. As the mound shambles towards you, it doesn't raise its arms violently. It says, Oh, hello. What brings you here? The grass is talking. I'm not sure how to respond to that. We're looking for edible fungus. Are you edible? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it. Parts of me are quite poisonous. Are any of your friends non-poisonous? I don't have any friends. Oh, now I'm sad. What are we looking at? Uh, You are looking at a giant mass of vines and branches and funguses all together in a vaguely humanoid shape that is currently talking to you. Looks like a person. And it says, There are many edible funguses, but some of them are not very good for you, and some of them are very good for you. Would you like to know which ones are which? Uh, yes, that would actually, um be a huge benefit, and can you point us in the direction of where to find some of these very good funguses? Oh, they're all around you right here on this island. Would you like to know which is which? When you say good, I think for for our purposes, really it's just the, the kill you and not kill you are the only two categories that we're really concerned with. I don't think, like, calorie density is something that I'm going to be concerned with, or flavor profile, or... The, the professor just said, edible. Some of them will definitely kill you. We'd like to avoid those, please. Right, so show us the not-kill ones. That would be doing you a favor. 
In exchange, I would like a favor from you. Because I'm a very basic NPC, <laughs> and that's how this works. <laughs> um, what, what are you, uh, what, what would you want in return? Well, you see, I've been having some awful dreams. Sometime in the recent past, not sure when, I felt a rumbling deep below me on this island, and then I began having the most awful dreams. I feel like I'm seeing things that aren't there. Awful things. Now you're smaller than me. If you go down into the tunnels below my island and find whatever is causing the evil, I will give you as much edible fungus as you can carry, and the best kinds. The kinds that heal and do good things. Have you tried to fix these bad dreams? Have you tried eating some shrooms for it? Oh, they don't do anything for me. It's just basic calories. Okay, just checking. Well, are you sure you don't want on a bed? I got a nice bedroll here. You just, just help you give you sweet dreams. He's definitely like 15 feet tall. <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't know how, how efficient a gnome's bedroll would be. <laughs> Just... As you offer him the bedroll, he lifts it up in two tiny little fingers and goes, "Thanks, but no thanks." And it just collapse, and then it hit its jet, and he just collapses under it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Uh, how wise would you say that this shambling mound looks? <laughs> looks. <laughs> That's a great question. D- does he appear? Like, is it like a swamp thing, or is it like a tree beard in terms of wisdom? You don't have to give me an answer. I guess that's a little This one's little bit definitely cheating, functioning but... like a tree beard. So he does seem fairly wise. Because I'm thinking we could just charm him into giving us what we want. He, I mean, like I said, he's functioning like a tree beard. You can try if you want. Yeah, I'm going to cast Charm Person. <laughs> And he makes a wisdom saving throw? Yeah. But is he a person, though? Uh, it just says that you attempt to charm a humanoid you can see within range. It must make a wisdom oh, save. Oh, yeah, and definitely so. not a humanoid. It's a large plant. Uh, I do believe lock. when you were describing him, <laughs> you did specifically use the word humanoid. Uh, shape is different yeah, than creature type, you know, he's he's right, but you're also right. I will I will allow you to cast Charm Person, but he's going to have advantage on the saving throw. <laughs> yeah, bet. Well, I will say it, it does only say you have advantage if we're fighting it, but just make the saving throw and say you succeeded. We don't see your dice, Give me ben. a second. <laughs> I know you don't, but a, uh, a 19 plus 4 works anyway. Oh, yeah. What are the odds of that? Yeah, I know, right? Didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We're really pushing through that fourth hole today, aren't we? Okay. Yeah, he makes his saving throw. And he can tell, because that's how charm person works, that you tried to charm him. He says, oh, it's nice that you want to be my friend, but I think we should establish this on more of a quid pro quo than sleight of hand and magic. I just turned to Rudolph. like, what did you do? I tried to be his friend. Um, where is this? You you said there was some kind of entrance under the island. 
Yeah, there's a long stone passageway that goes down. It's too small for me. And he gestures to a hole in the rock that looks what looks kind of like a destroyed spiral staircase that goes down. It's only about, I want to say three feet wide and only about six feet tall. So Darren, you'll have to stoop. What is the stench emanating from this thing? Uh, it's no worse than the stench around you at all times. Okay. I'm not wasting time. Let's go. All right, fine. Let's go. All right. So, Jet, you have dark vision now because you have the belt of dwarven kind. Hey, you. Yes, you do because you bought it at the magic shop. Well, today, but in reality, in our time, months and months ago. So yes, you now have dark vision, but no one else got anything that gave them dark vision. So you have dark vision, no one else. Does. At least it was the DM mentioning that he had dark vision and not Matt jumping up. I have dark vision. <laughs> all right, all right. Yes. So what order are we going down the stairs in? Jet's going in first. Obviously. And since... are we lighting any torches? Uh, I'll go in last, and I'll, ca- I'll, I'll cast light to uh, give us a bit of a view. Okay, cool. So that's uh, that's Jet going first with his dark vision, and Runel in the center, and Darren last, casting light. You guys descend down this broken spiral staircase for a while. It's a good five to ten minutes down, and as you go, there is moss on the walls, there is... Uh, a drip, drip, dripping sound that you can hear. There are strange runes and carvings on some of the stones around you. Some of them seem like they were placed there deliberately. Some of them don't. They seem like they were just bits of rock or roots that intruded their way into this passage. You reach the bottom of the steps and your feet splash into water. Barely six inches deep. You are in a flooded grotto. It is pitch black with only those of you with dark vision able to see anything except there's light cast so you can see a decent way around it is very dark well, the, the range you hear... of the spell is like touch and then 20 feet asterisk okay so you can so, see 20 wait, feet away from you um, <clears throat> until the spell ends the object sheds bright light in a 20 foot radius and dim light for an additional 20 feet okay so I can see dim light up to 40 feet uh, it's dark and dim with your light being cast in a 40-foot radius, but the room is larger than that. Just for stupid hear- touch, I cast the light on my hat, so on my very fashionable hat. So my hat is just kind of shiny. Yes, you and your shiny hat have now entered this sunken grotto. You hear ripples washing against the grotto walls and see the expanse of water stretching away from you with several large piles of rock jutting up from it with a large rocky island in the center of it. The walls seem half natural cave and half cut stone as if someone had tried to shove an entire castle through a cave. As the ripples subside a bit, you think you can hear hissing. And now everyone open up roll 20. You said hissing, correct? Hissing, yes. Alright, so you can see this area here. So you guys are now at the bottom of these steps. You can see each each square is five feet. So you can see one, two, three, four, one, two, three. Oh, and in the dim light, you can make out a very large looking snake on the uh, on the island in front of you there. It is 
hard to see in the darkness. It has uh, green bands running around it, but it is mostly black. And it sees you. There's no way it doesn't see you. You guys came down with a torch. You guys weren't being particularly stealthy. Please, everybody, roll for initiative. It's going to be a 15 for Rudel. 18. That's a nat 1 plus 2, so that's a 3. Uh, so, Darren, you go last, obviously. Jet, you go, then Runel, then Snake. Okay. It's out pretty far from us. So, you could, would you say it's, it's in the dim light? Yes, it's in the dim light. Would I be able You have, what, 60 feet of vision and dark vision? I want to say so. Yeah, you can see it clearly. Because he's in dim light, so you can see it bright as day. Well, Jet is going to reach into it, into his bag. And pull out and pull out some trusty things he grabbed from from the from the bar the last time they were in their world, where he has a store of table legs in his back in his back pocket, and he's gonna put a, a stick which he threw some string across and then pull and pull it out into a longbow and fire a table leg. All right, make a ranged attack roll, please. I'm trying to remember this. Did you steal table legs just from a random table at the bar? Uh, part of my starting equipment? Question. <laughs> It was Fair. definitely part of your starting point. Okay. You had a whole bunch of mismatched junk that you fashioned into weapons. Yeah. Also, I will say, if you want to replace some of those arrows with, like, random stuff that you find in the junk universe, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing you can do. Nice. So the answer is yes, he stole them from a bar, just not during <laughs> this campaign. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a 16 to hit. That hits. Ooh, nice. Eight damage. Piercing damage. Eight damage. Oh, this, man, that sinks deep into the snake, and it hisses. And it um, it looks pretty hurt. Nice. Jet is going to just move a few feet up so that his friends can um, get by if, down the stairs if they want to, but he's going to try, but he's still going to stay, stay close to keep guarded behind you people, behind his friends. Okay. That's my turn. All right, cool. All right, Runel. How deep is that water? It's only up, up to about Jet's knees or thighs. It's only about like six to six inches to a foot deep. Cool. Um, <laughs> that's Jet's waist. Oof. That's. Oh wait, never mind. Rough. No, 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 no. No, it is knees. Oh, I can't math. Jet, I'm not a ma- Jet is not a math person. You are, but Jet's not. How high is he? Again? Yeah, I love how you're foicing this off on Jet. <laughs> no. <laughs> You don't have, what is it, a master's in engineering or something? You know, I'm not a math guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Carrying on. Runel, what are we up to? Um, Runel's going to cast a uh, magic missile. All right. As a first level spell. And that's going to be five, seven points of force damage. You crush the snake's head, and it dies. How does 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 it strike my heel, or? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. You are the offspring of a woman, but no, you. <laughs> it does not strike your heel. It didn't get close enough to strike your heel. Nice, nice. Well, so I'm not the offspring yeah, it, of the woman then, because that is who's not that heel. offspring. Right, not that one. I'm Seth. Yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> uh. Yeah. It it dies, and uh, 
It oh, can't no. be that easy. Do any heads grow back? No. But That's you what I'm think... waiting for. Well, everyone make a perception check. There it is. Oh, I'm expecting a den of these things. Hey, that's pretty good. That's a six. <laughs> I forgot I have a. I forgot I have a negative one in perception. That's a. That's an eleven. <laughs> uh, sixteen. Jet, you think you hear some more hissing, and you think you see some ripples coming from other parts of the cavern. Watch out, boys! We got company. We got company. Okay, so Runal, do you move at all, or? Um. I'm gonna get closer to the edge of like that water, but I'm not gonna obviously get into it. So we'll put you about here. Yeah. That about right? Okay. Alright, so it is now well, it's the turn of whoever else is in this cavern. How many other snakes are ahead of me in order? Because I'm fairly certain most of them are. Who knows? I just rolled once for the snakes. Oh, so they're all ahead um, of me. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! All right, uh, so as of right now, you uh, you don't see anything else. Nothing else seems to be moving. Um, can I cast light on a rock and then throw it into the middle of the cavern? Mm. Yes, you can do that. Uh, yeah, so for my action, I will just simply pick up a small stone or a small piece of garbage. It's a concentration here. spell? Um, doesn't require concentration. How long does it last? An hour. Okay, yes, you can cast light on a stone and throw it into the center. Do you have to use another spell slot for that? Can you just throw your hat? No, it's a cantrip. Oh, okay. I don't want to lose I don't want to lose my yeah. surprisingly fashionable hat, but it's a cantrip. Of course. Yeah, say we don't we, you don't have light on your hat anymore, but you cuz it's now in the rock. You can see a little bit more here. Some of this is just line of sight stuff. Um, you can see like a lot of uh That's a big bone. You can see there's like a rocky pile in the center of it. Um there are some skeletons that you can see. How tall was that dude that his his skeleton is taking up just taking up ten feet? Some big dude. Well, I, hey, I was an English major. Then. If I don't understand scale, that makes sense. <laughs> Alright. Alright, there we go. So you can now see all of this stuff. Uh where do you go? Me? Uh I will just move uh kind of make it a perfect triangle. I will move to two Two spots lower than Runal, and one spot away from Jet. Uh, moving right along, it's back to the top of the order. Jet, it's your turn. Okay. Seeing that I don't see anybody approaching yet, I'm going <laughs> to ignore that. I'm going to... Jet is going to move um, straight ahead through those two rock passages that way. Um, yeah, there-ish. Okay. And can you see anything else? Further, what is that thing that he, um, on the, in the dirt, sitting in the dirt, if that is a thing? That's a skeleton that you can see. Or rather, I should rephrase that. What does Jet see, Jet see in the... Oh, in the look at all those snakes! Look at all those snakes! Oh, why did it have to be um, snakes? Snakes! Ah, uh, yeah, that's just kind of, here we go, we're going to reveal all this. That's what Jet can see. Okay, um... Jet, what are you going to do? You see five more snakes. Then Jet is going to Hulk out. He activates his giant, the, the, the runes etched into his into his shirt, and then he hulks out, becomes like tent, and becomes huge. Giant's might. Well, that's a bonus action. Okay, fantastic. 
You still have a little bit of movement left. Do you want to go and attack one of these snakes? I am, um, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, Jed is actually going to double back and hang by, by that rock and then chuck something at one of them. Okay. All right. So you are going to go here. And he's going to, and he's going to pull out one of his meat cleavers, lick it and chuck it at him for a strength range attack. All right. Make a strength range attack. Why does he have to lick it first? Don't ask questions you don't need to ask. You don't want to know what's on that on that on that knife. Ooh, that's that's a twenty-one to hit. That hits. Oh, wait, which one did he hit? Are you going south or going west or east? He. Yeah, which one did you attack? The one closest to him. Okay. That's that's gonna be that's seven slashing damage, and then for because I'm a giant, I get to add. Uh, 1d6 to one of the, an extra 1d6 to that, because I'm huge. Okay. That makes it 2, so a total of 9 slashing damage. And, he, and it, it probably has a meat cleaver now stuck in, in that snake now. There is a meat cleaver stuck in that snake now, and it doesn't look great. It, uh, it is not thrilled to be, uh, to be having this experience right now. Alright, Runel. You hear Jet dash back and hurl, and you see him hurl a meat cleaver. And Jet, do you shout a warning to your friends? At this point, he's not even uh, saying words. He's just like, snake! Yeah! And just, and just starts yelling. So he doesn't warn us? He just says, snake! That's right, okay. Um, Runel will run up to probably right where Jet is. Um, and to the three northernmost snakes, uh, he's going to cast Scorching Ray. Okay. Which is... Please tell me that's a dexterity saving throw. Uh, nope. Nope, it's just a ranged spell attack for each ray, so I'm creating three rays of fire to hurl at, um, one, each one at a different snake. So the first one is a oof a 10 to hit nope which one was that the first one this guy uh the second one is a another 10 to hit and the third one is a critical miss oh man uh runel how do you feel about snakes um not nearly as bad as I feel about stank water, which is what I'm assuming I'm standing in. Yeah, so it's it's really the fact that you are standing in what basically amounts to dumpster water and sludge that is slowly seeping into your shoes and along the hem of your robe. You are distracted. You're not on your game. You can't help but realize that that squelch in your in your shoe, it's getting thicker. And so you miss three out of three. You extend your hand and shoot out these rays, and these snakes just easily dodge out of the way. Burn some trash along the way. Yeah, it scorches the water, and it's a foul smell, and there's some steam involved. <laughs> All right. It is now the snake's turn. That first one is going to come right up and attack you, Jet. Does a 17 hit your armor class? Oh, too bad. You are going to take 
Seven piercing damage. And uh, please make a constitution saving throw. Oh, here. Is this against poison? Yes, it is. Oh, and I am... Yay! I'm so happy we got poisonous snakes. Nope. I have it. Oh, th does the Belt of Dwarven Kind give you resistance, resistance to poison? Resistance to poison damage and advantage on my... Uh, against poison. Nice. Ooh. Well, I am glad I had that, because that... Uh, that makes a 23. 23. So you take half damage and then half again. So you take three points of poison damage. Wait, half twice? So you have resistance to right. poison, right? So you take half poison damage, but you also passed your saving right. throw. So you take half the full damage that I just rolled. So you take half 14 half. to 7, 3. Yeah, but yes. Nice. Ooh, it's a hard-hitting snake. He just it like bites on bites on my wrist, and I'm just like, yeah, and I just chuck it off. Right. That's an impressive um, feat. Deanna Jones would be proud. All right. Well, the next snake is gonna come around. Oh right, and he's like half a dozen. Too. He only rolls a ten. That doesn't hit your armor class, right? Nope. Kick him out of the way. And then that third one is gonna come all the way around, and. uh... It's gonna attack you again, Jet, because you're the only one who's hurt. Well, no, I guess Runel did kill that other snake, but he's clearly off his game, so they're they're going for the dangerous one. Well, I wasn't in the water at the time. <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. Oh, that's tough. Uh, okay, the nat twenty. Oh, you lucked out on that nat twenty. Uh, that pardon? for uh, for piercing damage, he only does seven piercing damage. He rolled less damage on the two than he did on the one. And then, you take five poison damage. Oof, that was a lot of dice. All right. One more snake is going to come up, and he's going to attack you, Runel. No, not the squishy one. That's a 15? It does not hit. Really? I have um, mage armor. Oh, that's right. Excellent. So that misses. And the next guy is going to come all the way up. Try one more time. And we are Ooh. And a nine definitely doesn't hit your armor class. There we go. The snake's turn is over. Darren, what are you going to do? Um, I am going to immediately jump into the fold. I'm going to jump down ten feet, so south ten feet. Um, and then I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt onto the very first one. Nice. Check. Um, so the one directly across from me to, to the east. Um, okay, this guy. Does a 17 hit? Yes, it does. It's 4d6. So, we're special. There's exactly okay. four right here. Um, 16 damage. And if he's not dead, he is now... Um, the next attack has advantage on him. Alright, uh, he is dead. Okay. Which, I would argue, is even more advantageous for the next attack against him. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Alright, so he's dead. We'll move him out of the way. Alright. And cycling all the way back around. Jet, what's going on? Okay. But now, uh, now being hulked out, he's going to... Uh, what I want to do um, is... I don't know if we can because of spacing. Um, I kind of... I want to interpose myself between the snakes and 
Bruno, if that's possible. I will allow you as a bonus action to try to shove Runel behind you, but I want you to make a sleight of hand check. Okay. To do that. Because of the other the, the rune glowing on my other arm from the, the Trickster Clown Giants, I have advantage on sleight of hand and deception checks. Nice. Okay. It's not great. Okay, that's better. That's better. And 18. Sleight of hand. An 18 allows you to grab him and kind of toss him up a little bit on these rocks behind you. So he is not immediately in range of everybody else. Nice. I totally forgot for a second. He, he's not immediately in range of all of these snakes. They're not right next to him at all. So what are you going to do for your attack? Now that I've got him uh, out of the way for the... Whichever one looks like it's closest to Runel, I'm just going to clench my fingers together and and turn whacking bad, whacking on the head. It's running on arm strike. Okay, make an attack roll. I completely forgot you were a giant for a second time. How is a gnome tossing a human mage up a Size matter not. It's very impressive. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, It's 21 to hit. That hits. 1d8. Nice, nice bludgeoning damage. How much bludgeoning damage? Nine. Uh, that's the one you wounded before. He is now dead. He slips below the surface of the water. Nice. All right, Runel, you're standing on top of this mossy rock, slightly less sludgy. What are you doing? We have three snakes left. Mm. Three snakes. Uh, that we know of. True, that we know of. Um. I don't like that grin you just had. That's a not good grin. I am pretty not doing great on spell slots. Um, so I I'm gonna try now that I'm standing up on the rock. I'm gonna try scorching ray again. Okay. There we go. The first one is a 22 to hit. Oh, that definitely hits. And that's gonna be four points of fire damage. Okay. Uh, the second one is going to a different snake. Uh, but that's a nine to hit. That does not hit. And the third one's a ten to hit. Oh, that once again misses. I mean, my socks are still wet with the trash juice. Yeah, but I mean, you got you got one of them. You did good. I got one of them. I mean, four points of damage for a second level spell is not ideal, but um, you've definitely started spreading some steam around this room. With all the mist scorching rays. You're definitely getting a little bit of trash sauna vibe in here. Nice. That's not a sentence I ever thought I'd hear or want to hear. That sentence now exists in the universe. I have made it happen. This is my power as the dungeon master. All right, so now it's the snake's turn. Well, well, the snakes are good. Are they um, the same breed like are we noticing variations of snake or they all look the same as the first one we killed so far they all look the same Wait, what do they look like uh, they were like black and green stripes so pretty much the, the 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 standard nature's way of saying hey i'm toxic is like dark and then bright colors and they're trash snakes yeah i mean yeah all right here we go uh it is now the snake's turn 
The first one is going to attack Jet. It rolls an 11. That doesn't hit your armor class. The second one is going to go for Jet as well. Does a 16 hit your armor class? I go to deflect on the... Um, I don't see the other one and it grabs my arm. Ah! Yeah, it's impressive. One of them lunges for you and you grab it by the neck. But as you grab that one by the neck, that second one comes in and gets you in the leg. Sheet a little bug. You take five points of poison, uh, five points of piercing damage, and uh, do me a favor and make a Constitution saving throw again. Oh boy! With advantage because of my belt. With advantage. Ooh, that's not good. I'm probably gonna need that. Okay, okay, that's better. I do have healing things. Thirty twenty. A natural 20. Okay, yes. That passes. You take another three points of poison damage. That is saving you right now. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> this third one comes over here, and it attacks you, Darren. I knew it. Let's do this. Does a uh, 14 hit your armor class? Yes. All right. I have all of the constitution, but only 12 armor. <laughs> you take five points of piercing damage. Ooh. All right, five. And... Make a constitution saving throw, Mr. Brag about my constitution. Hey, I have all- I- I'm a constitution caster for a reason. Oh, that's a five. Oof. You take 14 points Ooh. of poison damage. Hold on, 29 minus 19? I am at 10 health right now. Am I poisoned currently, or is it just one turn poison damage? So, these actually- yeah, they don't give you the poisoned effect. It doesn't say end is poisoned. You just take that poison I can live with that. Um, well, since it's my turn, it um, we're all within 30 feet, correct? Yes. All right. <laughs> well, boys, I'm using my last second level spell slot, and I'm casting aid. Everyone uh, choose up to three creatures within range, so all of us. We only have the three of us. Uh, I'm casting aid. Everyone gets five extra hit points right now. So your maximum hit points go up by five. So everybody gets five extra HP to their max and to their current. Go ahead and do the math. All right, cycling back around to Jet. Okay, with Runel on the rock behind me, does it look like any of the snakes could maybe reach him? If they did, they look like they have a lot of movement. They look like they have a lot of movement, so maybe they could get to him. Okay, he is going next. So what I think I'm going to do, um, I'm going to, Jet's going to look over and see his, um, Minotaur friend is, uh, suffering a bit of that poison. Like, I get, I'll help you, buddy. And he is going to pull out that, his other meat cleaver and then give it a nice lick. Oh, I didn't know that was on there. And then, and chuck it at the guy that who's attacking Darren. You need to stop licking your utensils! Okay. Man, for a thug, Jet is really self-sacrificial. Alright, make it a range attack roll. Or a strength attack roll. <laughs> That's a natural one. Uh, hey, Darren, make a dexterity saving throw, please. What? You threw a dagger at me, and you missed. Okay, that works. That's a 15. <laughs> All right, you dodged the cleaver that was thrown at the snake in front of you. You don't get hit by it. I was trying to help. Don't lick them next time. Okay, Runel, it's your turn. Which of these two snakes has more damage? Uh, the one that is directly in front of the two of you. Yeah, that's. I'm going to throw my dagger at that one. Okay. 
And that is a 21 to hit. You hit with Little Stabber. Little Stabber it does seven points of Stabber damage. Little Stabber kills that snake. Heck yes. It goes, like the snake is lunging forward to bite Jet, and the dagger just goes right into its mouth. I like to picture the, uh, the, the bone that Luke Skywalker picks up and like puts into the Rancor's mouth and like, but then the Rancor just like smashes its jaw down and like breaks the bone. But instead of actually like smashing the bone in half, the dagger just stabs through his, the roof of his head. Woo! I love that. I love that so much. The snake stabs itself through its own brain because of its hungry chomping at Jet. Wonderful. Tasty. I love that. Alright, it's the snake's turn again. One of them is going to come circling up around and it is going to try to attack Runel, but it's going to get an opportunity attack from Jet as it goes by. So Jet make a melee basic attack. Oh, a melee attack. He's going to uh, is it, is it swing by, he's going to turn his hand into a karate chop. Unarmed strike. Oh, I'm getting hit. Might be getting hit by some of that sludge. Um, okay, that's a 13. <laughs> that does not hit. This is like, the what, snake. 15, 14 armor class? I'm not, I don't have to tell you. I rolled a 13. I'm guessing at this rate. What is this, show and tell? This no. is not, this is not, get, this is not, you tell me, this is like, I speculate wildly. And I look for your reaction to see what you, oh, oh, you grimace. I'm not saying anything. Fair enough. All right, the snake makes an attack on Runel. Ooh. An eight does not hit your armor class. Sure does not. So with one of your mucky boots, you manage to like kick it away from you down the rock. The other one is going to attack Darren again. And a 15 hits your armor class, yeah? <sighs> yeah, it does. Am I gonna get knocked unconscious again? Cloud room. I activate my cloud room and transfer the attack to me. You're like 30 Ooh, feet away. Yeah, and that's the range I need. How does that work? Uh, with my cloud room, when you or a creature is Within 30 feet of you is hit by an attack roll. I use my reaction. Oh, but I just use an opportunity. Deck of opportunity. Here he has reaction. Dang yeah. it. You can't do it. Here we go. You said three points, you said? And then make a constitution saving throw. <sighs> that is an 18. Yes. That passes. Yes, it does. You take four points of poison damage. I am not going out this session. Um, eight, I've got eight HP left, guys. Okay, is it my turn? It is. Marlin. Okay, he's right in front of me. Give me the horns. If I use a range attack, if I use guiding bolt right now, he'd have an attack of opportunity, correct? It's a range attack. Yeah, just. We've had this discussion no less than three times. I don't remember. You don't provoke an opportunity attack by using magic when someone is right next Great, to then I'm throwing a guiding bolt right at this thing's face. But he's almost dead, you don't need a first level. Okay, sh I'm shutting up. I don't care, I, I'm angry. This guy has poisoned me. Does a 17 hit his armor class? Yes, it does. Yay, 46 right into this thing's brain. That's 20 damage. It explodes. I obliterate this thing you in a flash of blinding light. You are not just covered in messy, gunky garbage water. You are also now covered in chunks of snake. But like glowing chunks of snake because this thing, like it, it is illuminated yes. at the hit of blinding, blinding, of guiding bolt. So like, I am now covered in just illuminated snake guts. 
Yes, but because you added that flavor, the next attack on you is going to have damage <laughs> because you are covered in glowing bits of Fair sand. enough. I love good RP, but if you get too ridiculous with it, it's got a cost. Okay, Jet, what's up? And how's that last snake looking? Does it look almost gone? That last snake is at full HP. All right, I'm at, I've had enough enough of these guys. I'm pulling out the, the well, I, well, I guess I'm wearing it, the, dis, the death grasp glove. And I'm going to run up to that last one and try to grab it and, and choke it as I grapple it. Okay. Make a contested strength roll. Uh, strength or athletics? Athletics. Okay, and because I'm huge, I have advantage, which I could use that. Natural 20. A total of 28. You grab this thing and squeeze it tight. And the Death Grasp Glove, is that at the beginning or the end of your turn? Up to you, I guess. I'll let you do it this time. All right. Uh, you didn't attack or anything this round, so you can just do the damage. Okay, if that was 1d8, I don't know what kind of damage it is. Six damage. Uh, you do six damage to this thing, and like bits and pieces of it seem to fall off. Some of its skin sheds off. And then off. I'm going to use my movement. To uh, which I guess I'm grappling him, so I'm half movement. I'm gonna pull him, you know, like 15 feet away from Runel, so it can't get, so it can't uh, hurt him. Okay. Yeah, you pull him over this way, and he comes with you. All right, and you drag the snake with you. Okay, Runel, it's your turn. Runel now, from a f- what 15 feet afar, is gonna cast Firebolt at it. Okay. That's a 22 to hit. That hits. And that is five points of fire damage. Yeah, I might not die this next turn. Oh, this thing is looking so hurt. You just singe part of its body off, and it is thrashing around in pain. It is so close to death. It is the snake's turn. It's going to try to circle around and bite you, Jet. Does the 13 hit your armor class? Yes. Man, okay. You take three points of piercing damage and make a constitution saving throw with advantage. 18 plus something. Two points of poison damage. All right, Darren, it's your turn. Go ahead. All righty then. Um, well, since I kind of went overboard with last time, um, I'm just going to cast um, Firebolt Cantrip from a distance. So that's just a simple attack. Ten doesn't hit their armor class, so never mind. No, it doesn't. No, you make more steam in this trash sauna. All right, Jet, it's your turn again. Well, at the beginning of my turn, because I'm a tavern brawler, I squeeze a mixture and I get a, my tavern brawler gives me a free 1d4 bludgeoning damage to a creature grappled by me at the beginning of my turn. Okay. Uh, so that's an extra one grappling uh, bludgeoning damage. Excuse me. Um, and then I'm just, and then I'm gonna. <laughs> all I can imagine is from you remember that like old Disney movie Robin Hood with like the 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 what the fox says as Robin Hood and then there's. The king's assistant is yeah. like a snake, and it, and they just yeah. it's like when he like grabs him and just like bops him on the head. Make an attack roll. Oh, 19 plus six. Please, please describe to me in the most graphic detail what it looks like to bop a snake on the head to a grizzly death. <laughs> it's in my grasp with this spiky fingered black glove of death its head flailing all about I tilt my head, twinkle in my eye and stare it down at the last second it makes eye contact it realizes what's coming as this fist slams down and contacts it right on the head 
cartilage splintering, and it gets split down the middle with the with the bludgeoning force. That's beautiful. That brings a tear to my eye. I love carnage so much. <laughs> All right. Yeah, like I said in the intro, we are a D&D podcast for the whole family, as long as your family is into intense, bloody adventures. That's who we are. <laughs> Here's the bloody part. Now we're covered with blood and trash. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an advantage here. You are not out of initiative yet. I will allow you to continue to take turns as you go through this room. What are we doing? Uh, so it's Runel's turn. Um. Yes. Runel doesn't want to get back into the trash water. Um, but probably doesn't have much of a choice. Runel, make a perception check for me. You're on top of this room. That would be a six. Uh, yeah, you don't see much else. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, I am just gonna have to, uh, guess bite the bullet. Jump down and walk as quickly as I can onto this dry land. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Runel, do me a favor. Make a constitution saving throw with advantage. Because after the stink stone, you have smelled the worst thing to ever be smelt. <laughs> we need to see how you handle going through this garbage. Voluntarily. Yeah. Uh, if I had not smelled the stink stone, I definitely would have, because uh, I rolled a six. But because I have that advantage, that would be a 21. You don't throw up, not even a little bit. Your stomach roils, but you got this. You've seen, you've smelled so much worse. Well, I'm on dry land now, and I am... Uh, what do I see on this little island? Given your current vantage point... You see, let me see here, come on. Uh, You see another snake over in this area waiting to ambush you, but you see it even as it sees you, so it's still at a 10 in the initiative roll. Um, Uh, That means it does go next. Well, I haven't done my action yet. No, you haven't, so you can attack it. Yeah, so I immediately, um, that's the only one I see. That's the only one you see. Yeah, we're going to immediately... Because you're the only 10 I see. Hey. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Immediately hit the snake with a cheesy pickup line. (laughs) We're going to immediately fire bolts. It's an 18 to hit. 18 hits. Oof, that is only three fire damage, though. Okay. Um, And that will end my turn. All right. It is now the snake's turn. All right, this snake is going to immediately rush out at you, Runel, and make an attack. Ooh, a 10 doesn't hit your armor class, does it? It sure don't. Uh, it slithers forward, and you just put your boot in its face, and it doesn't get a chance to connect. Darren, you are way back still. What are you up to? Well, okay, I'm going to use two sorcerer points um, to get back a second-level spell slot. And I'm going to cast Cure Wounds at second level on myself, so I can actually, and while still moving forward, like 30 feet, I'm going to use that to actually get back in the fight and not be, like, close to death. So at second level, that's 2d8 plus my spellcasting modifier, so, like, so that is 7 plus 6, so 13 plus 5 is 18. 
Okay, you heal yourself for 18 points of damage, or 18 points of healing. Alright, cycling back around, Jet. Okay. Um, so before uh, he threw one of his meat clearers, it got impacted on one of those snakes nearby. Can you try and go and pick it up? Yeah, I'll let you grab it back. It's basically right where you are. Alright, and now it's like, ooh, I've got some, got some new trash in there. It's a lick. Ah, ah, that's not, that's no good. I hate this. I mean, why would you do that? <laughs> and he just chucks it at the, uh, at the other one. Ah, give me something better next time. Alright, make a ranged attack with strength. Okay, that's not, that's not bad. That is an 18 hit. That hits. Oh, but I'm big, so I get to add another d6 to that. Nice, 10 slashing damage. Big boy slash. <laughs> Jet, you are on a roll. You split this thing right down the middle of its face. Right down the middle. There's an eye on either side. There's a fang on either side. There's one half of its forked tongue on either side. It is split down the middle of its face. Ooh, I wonder what that well, tastes like. No! <laughs> All right. So, the last snake that you have seen is vanquished. And I will give you guys the peace of mind of saying that you are now out of initiative. Woo! Yay! <laughs> that itch in the back of your brain is suddenly gone. You're like, okay, things are okay. I will keep the battle map going for now, though. Uh, Runel, you see around this corner here, you see a treasure chest. Do you inform any of us? <laughs> yeah, does it, uh... Describe the treasure chest. Does it look normal? So the entire treasure chest looks like it's carved out of a, um, a single piece of quartz. Does it have a hinge? Or a crack? Or is it just like a block of quartz? There are hinges on it. Okay. You do see a lock on it, but it doesn't seem like it's super, super heavy duty. We're going to cast Detect Magic on it. You detect no magic coming from the chest or the contents. The magic magic actually right. kind of gives you, lets you see everything you look at with magic. So technically he gets to see detect magic wherever he looks within a certain radius, I think. That's true. Yeah, that is true. So I can see, is there any magic uh, within 30 feet of me in any direction? Uh, I mean, you see, I mean, Darren is clearly magical, and you see the magical items that you guys are holding. You don't see anything in this room that's magical. Okay, I open the chest. Uh, it is locked. Oh, well, let me give you a hand. Hey, have you informed us that there's a chest yet? <laughs> yeah, hey guys, there's a chest over here. It ain't magic, though. I should say that as a character. There's a chest <laughs> over here, but it ain't magic. I'm pretty good at digging up some locks. Alright, Jet, what are you going to do about that lock? Uh, I would say that he takes a careful look at it, but no. He just pulls out a, um, his thieves tools, by which I mean a dirty spoon, and then just plunges it in and tries to pick the lock. <laughs> with a thieves tools check. Alright. Um, I also just noticed that, uh, as I do so, the rune on my other hand starts to light up, uh, which is the... Is somehow somehow gives me the wisdom of fire giants, 
Uh, and I have, it gives me expertise on my tool proficiency check, so I get to add my proficiency bonus times too. Excellent. Oh, okay. Uh, total of 22. It pops right open, and inside... It's a snake! Sorry, um... <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, you see... Except it's made out of springs and paper. Inside the chest, you see... One hundred gems. <laughs> you guys see gems that are green, and I need everyone to make a perception check. Uh-oh. Well, that's a dirty one. That's a four. I rolled a two minus one. Uh, Fourteen. Jet, these gems smell faintly sweet. You can kind of make that out over the trash smell. There's a hundred green gems and each of them smells a little sugary. I eat one. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. No, you, you eat one. And it uh, is uh, basically functions like rock candy. It is super sweet. It is a little minty and it is one of the most delicious things you have ever seen in your entire life. Seen? Oh. oh, it is one of the most it is one of the most delicious things you have ever eaten in your entire life. <laughs> this looks delicious. Wow. God, oh really, this is really good. It kinda takes away the, the trash smell from your mouth, which is kinda disappointing, but it tastes pretty good. Uh Runel is just staring at him because from like obviously this perspective, he's just eating gemstones. Yeah, um... Like, I knew he was uh, dumb, but I didn't know that, like, eating rocks dumb. <laughs> and that crunching sound you hear from his mouth is probably his teeth? <laughs> uh, I'll just hold on to these for now. Oh, wait, so, sorry, I kind of missed. Uh, besides the rocks, was there anything else in this chest? No, just 100 gemstones. Let's see if we can edible. sell these. Well, there's 99 um, of them now. Ah, okay. I know, I took note. Wait, so there's still 100? No, there's 99. There's 99 there. Uh, he ate one. I'll hold we'll on to these. So I'm gonna 33. Like, we each take 33? That works. That actually does make it perfectly divisible <laughs> by three. I love math. Okay. All right, is there anything else you guys do in this grotto before you head back? Is there... Uh, I'm going to do another light cantrip and in this darkened portion behind us that we cannot seem to see. I just want to cast a light over there, see if there's anything else over here. Okay. Take another rock. Pull three. Okay. All right. Uh, around the back of it, uh, you see that there's kind of a, a mound of stones that seem like they were cut stones, part of a wall that is piled up around this area behind this um, wall of rock. If you see where I'm highlighting here. And on it you see what looks like old battlements and some banners. Uh, there's a few different ones. There's one, there's, there's things that look like maybe they were like banners for uh, a magical act, a banner for uh, some local lord in red and green and gold, and uh, a banner for um, just uh, like a local gladiator school. I run a history check. Do I recognize any of these from the boring universe? Make a history check. Four doesn't work. Um, no, it doesn't. 
Well, gents, uh, not much over here, just some old, uh, castle-looking stuff. Oh, any good rocks for looking over there? Um, I vault over. <laughs> All right, Jet vaults over. Uh, you see the same thing he does. You see uh, Gladiator School, uh, Magician Show, and uh, local, lord, local Lord's colors in red and green and gold. Well, Matt would love to know the context behind this, but Jet has no idea. He just sees some good-looking rocks. So he, picks it, he throws some rocks in his pocket. <laughs> okay. I'll let you make a history check if you want. Okay. Not much is going to happen with that. I wish you were rolling that 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, 17 minus 3. That's 14. Uh, yeah, you vaguely remember having seen something like that in your recent history. Maybe it was in the Boring Universe. Maybe it was the Junction. Sometime recently you saw something along those those same color schemes. Red and green and gold. I'm trying not to metagame. Um, I know you're trying. Hmm? Nice rock. Can Runel use either Frostbite or digitation to like freeze the water that he steps on so he doesn't actually have to sink down into it <laughs> I will allow you to use prestidigitation to basically constantly dry your clothing as it is in the water there we go so you manage to walk through it without getting super mucky or at least no not mucky for longer than a second. We hear like a dry cleaning hum of just like. And so I, doing that, where are you going? Well, I I want to see the things that they're checking out. Um, okay, all right, you're out behind here, and you see the uh, the banners that are kind of right here. Yeah, uh, can I make a history check? Yes, please. Seventeen. You recognize red and green and gold as the Hardalay family colors. And that looks an awful lot like one of their banners that you saw on the walls of the town hall the day of the execution, the day the universe was destroyed. Okay, so now I want to specifically investigate four things from our universe around this area. Uh, okay, yeah. Make an investigate check. That is a nat 20 plus 3. Ooh! 23. Very nicely wow, done. that is good. That is very good. Uh, you identify the poster of the magic show as the great Bambino, who was famous for doing a whole bunch of magic tricks using no magic at all. <laughs> he called himself an illusionist, and he was very, very famous uh, because using absolutely zero magical powers, he would set up an anti-magic field in his uh, audience and in his auditorium and he would do all these seemingly magical things with no magic and you recognize that from the boring universe uh other things just kind of look like you know basic stuff you do see a couple of swords and they look kind of boring uh though you don't have much standard of comparison to you see um some walls some bits of walls that look like they were just kind of dropped here somehow and you know they look a little boring too maybe walls are just boring or maybe they're walls from the boring universe can i take the mage banner can you take the hotelay banner no nah, i was gonna take the mage banner but sure i guess we can take oh the, the magician banner yes yeah you can take the mage banner cool the magician i mean banner. i'm definitely gonna take the hotelay banner with me but okay. i 
even as I'm taking it, uh, Runel doesn't really know what he's taking this for. Okay. Um, it just seems like the only connection to his old home. So. Okay. Um, but it does seem that things that were deleted from our universe have ended up here. Yeah. In the junk universe. So if these things have ended up here, Runel's first thought is going to be what else from our universe is still hanging around here? Could it have been that stuff from our universe is just repurposed? Yeah. El- like, used elsewhere. Also, I do want to take one of those swords. Okay, you grab a sword. It's a long sword. I feel like all of us besides Jet, well, I guess all of me and Runa have both just taken a sword from random points in the campaign. Yeah, it's a D&D campaign, man. That's what you do. But, like, I'm just like, I still have a long sword that I stole from, like, the Boring Universe like, the first session of Escaping Prison. Wait. Yep. Runa, you... I'm confused. Are you saying that banner... That thingy you're holding is from home? This banner is from the Hotelay family. The the regime that we tried to topple when our universe was deleted. But it seems our universe wasn't deleted at all. It was just put in the trash. There's no other way that this artifact could have ended up here. If it was just erased, there would be there'd be no remnants. Like we escaped, but if, if, if it was just poofed out of existence, there would be nothing left behind. So this clearly means that they basically just broke it down and tossed it, or broke it down and reused some of it. Looks dead. Also, I realized as I picked up this sword, I'm not proficient with it, so I'm just going to put it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that Runel just kind of picks up this sword in a in a moment of inspired courage. And I think like he holds it for like maybe like a good three or four minutes and then realizes this is way too heavy to actually be a reasonable weapon. It just sinks below the water again. Um, Jed is still kind of look, looking at Rune with a puzzled look on his face. He's trying to understand what people are saying. <laughs> but, but he looks... Male models. He looks down at all the, the crumbled pieces of rock and is like, well, if if all the rocks fell into little pieces, what happened to the, did the people fall into little pieces? Where'd, where'd, they, where'd they go? But people, our families, we don't know. And I think it's something we should ask when we get back home. Professor Absenstein has some uh, some questions that need answering. Yeah, just, just gonna be scratching his head and puzzling as we head out. Okay. Alright, you guys head back up to the top and honestly I think that's where we'll call it for this evening uh, thanks guys for being great players thanks uh, to my wife for letting me play D&D as a hobby and maybe someday as a side gig uh, and thanks to you our dear listeners thanks for tuning in, thanks for putting up with us thanks for listening all the way through and if you've listened from the very beginning, I am so sorry for how slow we're posting. <laughs> Don't apologize for your art. Yeah, I won't. Here's what I will. I'll apologize for not enough art. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) More art.
The following tracks were used with the permission of a free license through Incompetech Film Music. All music was composed by Kevin McLeod. Here are the titles in order of appearance. Second Coming No Percussion, Second Coming Instrumental, The Path of the Goblin King, Curse of the Scarab, Dreams Become Real, and Attack of the Mole Men. As always, thank you, Kevin McLeod. Your stuff is great. To our listeners, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we are at Durgendarg, or you can use the hashtag DarganFamilyPodcast. I won't say smash the subscribe button, but hey, follow us on Spotify. We'd love the listens.